السلام عليكم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا بالقاسم المصطفى محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في الأرضين أجل الله تعالى فرجه الشريف وجعلنا من أعوانه وأنصاره Inshallah, in this series of lectures, we are going to continue the discussion that we had last year. As you remember, we talked about the states of a spiritual journey. In the first session, we said that there are mainly three different attitudes towards self-building towards morality, towards spirituality among Muslim scholars. One is to treat it as a sort of combat, not with the external enemy, but with the internal enemy, with the self. We talked about this. And the second was to introduce it as a sort of medicine, as we have medicine for treatment of our body. We have also a sort of medicine for curing our problems and disease of heart. And the third was to introduce it as a journey that the wayfarer must undertake and step by step get nearer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we chose this one, the third one, and we talked about some of the early steps. If you remember, we talked about yaghda or awakeness. We taught, talked about tawbah or repentance. We talked about al-muhasaba, which is a sort of uh, bookkeeping, a sort of supervision of what we do, and then uh, uh, judging about ourselves by ourselves. We talked about the a state of tafakkur or contemplation. We talked about tadakkur, remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We talked about al-inaba, which is return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and we said what is the difference between al-inaba and repentance. So inshallah from tonight we are going to continue this discussion. The next step is what is called by ulama as al-i'tisam. This is from the root asama. In Arabic, the term asama means to keep, to protect, to preserve. You know the story of the Prophet Nuh alayhi salam. When the Prophet Nuh alayhi salam saw his son is droning, ask him to join all the people on the ship. But he said, Sa'avi ila jabalin ya'asimuni min al-ma'ah. He said, I would climb to the uh, top of a mountain and then it will protect me from flood, from water. Ya'asimuni min al-ma'ah. He thought by going to a very, you know, high place, 
he can protect himself from Allah's anger and punishment. But the Prophet said, لا آسم اليوم من أمر الله There is no protection. There is nothing that can protect you from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's punishment. So here you have the term يعسمني You have the term آسم which is from the same root which means to keep, to protect. In Surah Al-Ma'idah before the declaration of the Velay of Imam Ali alayhi salam, we have a verse in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked the Prophet that he must declare what has been revealed to him by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the verse number 66 or 67. بلغ ما أنزل إليك من ربك وإن لم تفعل فما بلغت رسالته You must declare what has been revealed to you by your Lord and if you do not it is as if you have not conveyed the message of Allah and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says والله يعصمك من الناس This is very important Allah will protect you. Allah will save you so that the people would not be able to hurt you. And this is very important. It shows that there was a fear in the heart of the Prophet that there may be a rebel. There may be some resistance against this declaration. And the Prophet was not frightened about his own life, but he was frightened about the whole Survivor of Islam. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Don't worry, you declare this and we will protect you. So you are now familiar with the term Isma. And we have also Ma'soom. And Ma'soom means the protected. Why the infallible people are called Ma'soom? Because there is very, you know, uh, subtle point here, very important point. It's not because, for example, whenever they want to commit a sin, Allah protects them. This is not the meaning of ma'asum. Because some people may think, okay, they are ma'asum because they cannot commit sin. Whenever they want to commit a sin, they are protected. But this is not the meaning of ma'asum. If this, was, this were the meaning of ma'asum, so every single of us could be ma'asum. Whenever we wanted to commit a sin, Allah could have stopped us. This is not the meaning of ma'asum. Ma'asum is the one who does not will to commit a sin. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will provide him with special care and extra care. Even for the things that he may not be aware of. Even for the things before he becomes, you know, mature. And even from mistakes and errors. So he intentionally refrains from committing a sin. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will provide him with extra care. This is the meaning of ma'asum. This needs to be discussed separately, but just in barakat. So 
The term Esma means protection. Okay, this state that we are going to talk about is Al-I'tisamu Billah. Means we try to hold fast to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to appeal to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so that we can be protected, we can be saved. There are some verses in the Quran which refer to this state, and there are also hadith. I start with some verses of the Quran. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وكيف تكفرون وأنتم تطلع عليكم آيات الله وفيكم رسوله. Those of you who would like to later go and read and reflect, this is number 101 of Surah Al Imran, and we will continue up to 103. So we are reciting three verses of Surah Al Imran. How do you disbelieve in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala while you recite Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's signs and here means verses of the Quran and among you is his apostle. So how can you disbelieve in Allah while you have such clear signs and you have his apostle? وَمَنْ يَعْتَصِمْ بِاللَّهِ فَقَدْ هُدِيَ إِلَى صِرَاطٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ the one who holds fast to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who puts himself under special care of Allah, Allah would be his patron. This one is the one who is guided to the right path. It means that without this, you cannot claim that you are on the right path. If I try to protect myself by being under banners of, you know, other people, other groups, other ideas, other, you know, things which are not divine. So I am not on the right path. The one who is on the right path is only under the banner of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ya ayyuhalladina amanu taqullaha haqqa tuqateh. Those who believe Try to be pious, try to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as he deserves. Do not die unless you are Muslims. It's very important. Because uh, here Muslim does not mean just to declare, you know, uh, Tawheed and Rasala. Muslim means submissive. And this is what the Prophet also Ya'qub told his son. It's you must die when you have become submissive to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then, Hold fast to divine rope. There is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has provided you with. And by holding fast to that, you will be saved from being divided, being disunited. وَلَا تَفَرَّقُوا وَاذْكُرُوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ إِذْ كُنْتُمْ أَعْدَاءً فَأَلَّفَ بَيْنَ قُلُوبِكُمْ Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds them of the state that they had before the arrival of the Prophet, before the advent of Islam. They were suffering from enmity, hostility, killing each other. Even the people of Medina, you know, were bored and fed up with this fight which was there between Aus and Khazraj. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, this was a gift of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you have a unity. Indeed, in many cases in the Quran, Allah always 
mentions unity as his gift and hostility and enmity as something which satanic people like Pharaoh, you know, were doing to divide people. The same thing that we see today. There are hands who want to disunite people. And there are divine, you know, powers who want to like to unite people. So in this ayah, actually in this uh, two ayah, we have the idea that we must hold fast to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to his divine rope, which is, for example, the Quran, which Allah has provided us with, so that can act as a guide. In Surah An-Nisa, number 146, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِلَّا الَّذِينَ تَابُوا وَأَسْلَهُ وَأَعْتَسَمُوا بِاللَّهِ وَأَخْلَصُوا دِينَهُمْ لِلَّهِ فَأُولَٰئِكَ مَعَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ This may be a new idea for some of us, you know, So this is why I have to quote, you know, several verses so that I can uh, make this idea firm in our mind that this is something, you know, independently important. اَعْتَسَامُ بِاللَّهِ those who have repented. So this is different from the state of repentance. وَأَسْلَهُ And have done good deeds. They have said the prayer. They have fasted. They have been to Hajj. They have done all good deeds. And extra to all that. وَأَتَسَمُوا بِاللَّهِ So this is a quality of the soul. This is not some physical act. You cannot say, for example, you know, by putting, you know, something on my, for example, you know, forehead, I can say I have hold fast to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is something spiritual. And have purified their faith. These are with the believers. And here, maybe believers means the top believers means those who are the people that we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide us to be with them. Sarat al-Ladina and Amta alayhim. These mu'mineen is important, is special. It's like ayahs of the Quran in which we have mu'mineen and it's said that it's First of all, applies to Imam Ali alayhi salam. In Surah Al-Hajj, number 78, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَاَعْتَسَمُوا بِاللَّهِ هُوَ مَوْلَاكُمْ فَنِعْمَ الْمَوْلَى وَنِعْمَ النَّصِيرِ So, hold fast to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is your master. If you know who is your master, then you will not be wandering, you will not be going, you know, to different, you know, ways, different corners of the world to find who is your master. Know that he is your master. And in Surah An-Nisa, فَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا بِاللَّهِ وَاَعْتَصَمُوا بِهِ فَسَيَدْخِلُهُمْ فِي رَحْمَةٍ مِّنْ وَفَضْلٍ Those who have believed in Allah and have this state of اعتصام, holding fast to Allah, Allah will make them enter His mercy and His grace and will... Guide them towards the right path. So you see, Atasam is very closely linked to being 
on the right path. Both in this ayah and Surah Al-Imran says that those who have this estate will be guided to the right path. So this is very important. And we have another way of looking into this concept. This was a positive way, and that is to attach ourselves to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have a concept which is identical with this, and that is al-farar ilallah. It means that you detach yourself from other things, and you attach yourself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, al-farar ilallah speaks about the same idea, but in a negative way. It means that you escape from other things, from the things other than Allah. Al-i'tisam billah means you hold fast to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For example, in Surah Zariyat, number 50, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَفِرُّوا إِلَى اللَّهِ You must all escape to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we, you know, feel that we are safe, and there is no need, you know, to escape, this is because we are not aware of the dangers, of the threats. Like, you know, someone who has closed his eyes and thinks that no one is after him. Imam Ali alayhi salam says in Nahjul Balagh, Manama lam yonam an. If someone sleeps, his enemies will not sleep. They will not say, okay, because he has slept, now we are going to sleep. No, they will say, because he's sleeping, it's the best time to attack. So if we feel safe, and we see that there is no need to escape to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to ask his, you know, protection. This is because we have not understood the dangers and the threats. So, this state of al-i'tisam billah, holding fast to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is identical to detaching ourselves from the things which are not uh, pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is a very important state. And this needs practice. This is not just something that we can say it and do it. We must train ourselves. Maybe in the beginning we can just dictate to ourselves. Just pretend that we are doing this. But sometimes after, you know, pretending something for a considerable amount of time that may be firm, become firm in our you know, heart. So, in the beginning, even, you know, if we are saying lies, but this lie is, you know, acceptable to say that we hold fast to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But then, in the course of life, this can be tested. Is it just, you know, that something we say by just lips, we pay lip service, or it's something real? There is a hadith from Imam Sadiq alayhi salam. And this hadith is authentic. So it's from reliable chain of narrations. Please listen carefully to this hadith. Ayyuma abdin aqbala قِبَلَ مَا يُحِبُّ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلْ 
اقبل الله قبل ما يحب Every servant of Allah who goes towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and tries to perform what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves, what Allah is pleased with, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also in turn will come to him. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also will try to secure his pleasure. So if you do something for Allah, Allah also will do something for you. And I always say to you know, brothers and sisters that Allah will never remain in your debt. You cannot do anything for Allah and then feel that Allah has not given you something in return. Always Allah will give you something. Forget that in the first place whatever we have done is because of Allah's you know, blessings. Forget that. Even, you know, in this state that we are, which we are totally dependent on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if I just say one word for the sake of Allah, definitely Allah will give me something in return. If I pay something, some money for the sake of Allah, if I use my reputation for the sake of Allah, definitely Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give me something in return. He never remains in debt to anyone. So, if you do something for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will provide you with what you want. Of course, in a wise way. This is very important. In a wise way. Sometimes, you know, for example, parents have the same feeling, but they do it unwisely. My child wants something, and I want to give him But, you know, without considering, you know, what is really to his interest, I quickly, you know, give whatever he wants. So sometimes I spoil him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not like, you know, us. He gives us in a very wise way. I may have mentioned this story that once a person went to Imam Reza alayhi salam. And asked for a haja for request to be granted and he was not given that so he went to the grave of one of pious ulama who is buried in Mashhad and asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, for the sake of that alim you know to give him and you know ask that alim to intercede somehow so his request was granted And he was, you know, surprised that Imam Reza here didn't work for me, but this alim worked for me. But after a while, he realized that it was not really beneficial. It was indeed very harmful. So he went back to that grave of alim and said, if you don't know where to give and where not to give, so please stop giving the request of the people. Just close your, down your, you know, a spiritual shop. <laughs> so, sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not give us something. But we insist and, you know, ask, you know, imams to be shafi. 
So, Allah may give. Because Imams are more, you know, likely to answer than Allah. And when it comes down, ulama are more likely than imams. But it depends on the capacity and the patience. Allah has the greatest capacity. So to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is more difficult than pleasing the prophet and imams. And to please, you know, ulama is less difficult. To please our parents is least difficult. It depends on the capacity of the people. So it does not mean that whoever gives you quickly, he loves you more. No, sometimes wisdom is important. But definitely Allah, in a wise way, will give you back. Once a person was walking on the street, this may be a symbolic story, but it's true. He was walking on the street, and he saw that from a balcony, uh, a child is coming down. So, the mother of the child was crying and shouting. And this man looked at the child while he was coming down and said something. And then the child was suspending. So, before he reached the floor, was suspending. So, they went and took the child. So, everyone was shocked. Is this man a magician or... You know, some jinn or what. So they asked him and insisted, you know, you must tell us the secret. He said, it was very simple. For all my life, I always acted according to what Allah wanted. And now I had a simple request. Do you think that Allah is not going to listen to someone who has always listening to him? Is it possible? If you, a human being, see that someone every time listens to you, is it possible that if he asks you to do a favor, you don't do that favor? Yes, you may be unable, that's different. But if you can do, as we believe Allah can do, yeah? Allah can do everything. If you can do that favor, definitely you will do. You cannot say, no, forget what you have done for me. So, this is hadith. It says, if a servant goes towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and tries to do what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves, Allah will go to him, towards him. And Allah will try to secure his pleasure. وَمَنِ اعْتَصَمَ بِاللَّهِ أَسَمَهُ اللَّهِ If you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for protection, he will protect you. This is a sort of contract. Allah will not sign this contract without your signature. You must first commit yourself. You ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for protection, then Allah certainly will sign this contract. Allah will protect you. But if I say, I don't need protection of Allah, many of us say this, not by words, but in the heart. We say, oh, alhamdulillah, I have, you know, expertise, I have, you know, uh, experience, I am very efficient in my job, I have lots of friends, I know the law, so I don't need protection. If we say like this, then Allah says, okay, I listen to you, you don't need protection, okay, I leave it to you. 
you know the story of Qarun. When the people told Qarun, "Ibtaghi ma ataka Allah al-dar al-akhirah, wala tansa nasibaka min al-dunya." Try to seek the hereafter in what Allah has given you. So by spending this money that Allah has given you, try to secure some good place for you in Akhirah. And don't forget the enjoyment that you can have from dunya. So you can enjoy, but don't forget Akhirah. But what did he say? He said, who said that this has been given by God? I had knowledge I worked hard, I worked like dog to have this money. Some people, you know, say, from my, you know, teenager, you know, when I was teenager, I worked hard. No one supported me. It's all the outcome of my, you know, efforts. If we say like this, so Allah says, okay. Don't expect any protection from me. But those who ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for protection, Allah will protect them. And then If Allah comes towards you And protects you We say if you go towards Allah Allah comes towards you If you ask protection Allah will protect you Okay So the one who, to whom Allah comes And Allah protects him then he will not care what happens. Even if the sky comes down, it's not, it's not important. Like some people, you know, if your car is in short, if there is theft, you are not worried. Sometimes even people become happy because sometimes, you know, they cannot sell their car and if it's stolen, they become very happy. If we know that we are not going to lose, so why we should worry? If we are under the care of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His protection, it's not important. Or if a catastrophe, calamity comes and includes all people, this man will not bother. He is very sad that people are suffering. Yes, this is true. But he is not, you know, bothering about himself. There was a pious man in Tehran. And this man had a son who was married and had family. So when his son was ill... He was very worried, bringing doctors, you know, talking to the nurses, always being in the hospital. But when the son died, he was very calm and very, you know, confident. So someone asked him, why there is such a difference? You were so worried and, you know, conscious about this. Now you are very, now you must be more worried. Because now he has his wife and children left. He said, no. 
When he was alive, it was my responsibility to do my best to provide the best treatment. Now, he has passed away. He is in the hand of Allah. So I have no worry. Up to now, I was responsible. But now I have no worry. And about his family, his family up to now were under his provision. Now they are under provision of Allah. So why should I worry? So it's very important that if we reach this state, then we will not worry about what is happening. And there will be no personal, you know, uh, pain here. If there is pain, it's pain for the sake of humanity or religion or whatsoever. Such a person is in the party of Allah and he is immune from any difficulty and catastrophe. Then Imam Sadiq referred to this ayah. The pious people are in a safe place. This does not mean that pious people will not suffer. They don't become ill. Their children don't become ill. No. They may experience all these things. But they are confident. You know this uh, person who said about Imam Hussein alayhi salam. <laughs> that I have never seen someone like Hussein that who has lost his children, his family members, his companions, but he's so brave. And they say that uh, the nearer to the time of the martyrdom of Imam, the, the nearer, the more bright and enlightening was the face of Imam. Imam was not, uh, you know, killed with pale, you know, face and, you know, without courage. So this sort of peace and confidence can only be achieved by holding fast to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and feel that you are under his provision. You are insured by him. You are secured by him. There is a beautiful a story. I think I should leave it for tomorrow because I think we have had uh, I don't know uh, what is the time planning. We can? Okay. This is a story very sweet. But I make it very short. Yeah. It's a mini bar, you know, chocolate. <laughs> there was a man of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This man used to borrow money and spend it on the people. Because, you know, he had credit. So the rich people used to lend him money and he was spending on the poor people and then receiving money and giving back. After a while, he realized that he is going to die. So he knew that he must pay back all the debt. And he was, you know, to pay 400 dinar, golden coins. And he was preparing himself for death. The people who 
owned money knew that this man is preparing himself for death. And although they knew that this man has always been fulfilling, you know, his commitments and, you know, paying back, but this is in a human being. Greedy and hasting. So they went to his house and, you know, started saying that you must pay our money back. And this poor man said, you must be patient. Allah always has, you know, provided me with the money and I have always in these years had given you back. But these people said, no, you are going to die. Who is going to give us this 400 dinar? So they were not listening to him. Then they started, you know, shouting at him and swearing at him. Then there was a child going in the lane and he was selling halwa, sweets. And the wise man, this sage, heard the voice of this child and told his, you know, one of his people, go and ask him to bring the sweet and distribute the sweet, all the sweet among these people. So, he went to the lane and asked that child, how much is this old tray of the sweet? And he said, half dinar and something. He said, we want it whole, so just give us half dinar. I said, okay, because you are buying all the sweets, I give you half dinar. So he went in with the tray, and he gave them all the sweets. And, you know, they had the sweet, halwa. And when, when it finished, that child said, please give me my money, I want to go. My master is waiting for me. And this man said, I have no money. He said, are you serious? If I go without money, my master will kill me. Do you like that I be killed? He said, I don't have any money. Indeed, these people, you know, also, they all, you know, own money and I have to give them 400 dinar. He said, I have no, you know, nothing to do with those 400. Just give me half dinar, I want to go. He said, I have nothing. So he started crying wholeheartedly. Those people were not crying. They were just shouting. But this child, because of half dinar, because it was all his life depending on this half dinar. So he was wholeheartedly crying. And he said, I wish I had not come here. So, this man was very, you know, calm. And just listening to these people. Then they had the prayer of Asr. After the prayer of Asr, one of the people who was very rich sent his servant with a tray. 400 dinar on one side of the tray and half dinar wrapped in a piece of clothes on the other side of the tray. So this pious man took the money and gave them half dinar to this child and 400 to those people. Then those people were very, you know, regretful and said, you know, if we said something, we are very sorry. You know, we didn't mean what we said, you know. (laughs) We just said. They were very, you know, pretending that they are very sorry. So, 
There is a very important point here. In addition to the fact that this man was feeling himself under the protection of Allah, he says that گفت آن دینار اگرچه اندک است although 400 دینار for Allah is nothing لیک موقوف قریب کودک است but that was dependent on the cry of this child because none of you wholeheartedly ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this child wholeheartedly was crying تا نگریت this part has become very famous in Farsi. Ta nagariyat tiflak halwa furush bahr rahmat dar nemi ayat bejush. Unless the child who is selling halwa cries, the ocean of mercy of Allah will not become, you know, uh, moving and shaken. Then he says, ای برادر تفل تفل چشم توست. Now he says that child for you is your eye. Unless your eye cries, unless there are tears in your eyes, Allah will not listen to you. ای برادر تفل تفل چشم توست. کام خود موقوف زاری دندروست. If you want to in joy, you know that it depends on crying. گر همه خواهی که آن خلعت رسد خلعت was very precious and valuable dress that kings used to give to people you know who loved. So that if you want to receive this gift from Allah پس بگریان تفل دیده بر جسد. So you must make your eyes cry for your body wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillah rabbil alamin